All right, everyone, special edition of the Theology Pit here. This is a video edition, of course, so if you want to go to YouTube and check it out, um, I think that would be a great idea. Uh, so stay tuned. You fall into the Theology Pit. Theology Pit. You fall in the Theology Pit. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Theology Pit. This is Theology out of Pittsburgh, and not to be confused with a bottomless pit, because you know what we say, when you fall into a bottomless pit, you die of dehydration. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, podcaster, theologian, pastor, the Reverend Samson Kovach, coming back at you with another Theology Pit. Now, today, today, you know, sometimes when I'm thinking of topics and I'm trying to figure stuff out and like for what I'm going to talk about, um, opportunities just present themselves. They really do. And one of them that presents themselves, it, it, it seems like every now and again, I get a favorite whipping boy and I don't mean to, you know, for a while it was Todd Friel, but it's, it's like shooting fish in a barrel with these people, to be honest. Um, Todd Friel's very popular workspace salvation, whole nine yards that, that he just loves and, um, hypocrisy half the time on full display. Uh, so I, I think the last time I did, I talked about the, you know, YouTuber, Twitch person, um, well, no longer on Twitch. I guess he got booted off. I don't, I don't know, whatever, um, goes by the name of Dr. Witnesser. And he's totally is sold into workspace salvation, not only workspace justification, but workspace sanctification. Like his entire salvation is based on his behavior. And it's really sad, uh, but this is this is who he is, and this is what he is, and this is what he does. Um, uh, he is a Seventh Day Adventist, and I'm going to talk about Seventh Day Adventism for a little bit today. But I think it's a, a good topic to, to just show how um, you know a a Christian denomination, um, you know, where you could say they're Christian on the basic essentials of what does it mean to be. Um, but the way that they apply things and their understanding of scripture is just, it, it's off the rails. And we're talking about where it comes from. But he put up a, a, a video on his YouTube page called uh, The Law of God, Mark of the Beast, and Should Christians Play Fortnite? Okay. As soon as I saw that title, as soon as I saw it, I immediately knew what he was going to be talking about. I knew uh, immediately what he's saying. All right. The law of God, I, as soon as he starts talking about that, that immediately comes into uh, what's understanding of a theonomy. And a theonomy is that the law of God should be the law of the land. Okay. That's what a theonomy is. And um, and so who do you obey? The law of the land or the law of God? Like, like that um, type stuff. Which means, you know, that the law of God should be the law of the land. That's a theonomy. So he behaves that way. Um Another thing, when he says Mark of the Beast, I totally know what he's talking about. Before I even watch the video, I'm like, he's not going to be going into um, the book of Revelation and looking at it in context, discussing the cultural context that John wrote Revelation in. Nothing at all. Nothing like that at all. It's going to be the Mark of the Beast is worshiping God on Sunday. That's going to be it. And he just says incredibly ignorant things. And, and he's parroting them from the um, Seventh-day Adventist point of view. Now, this is very uh, common in 
just about every type of niche or cultic belief. And this is really, this is Gnosticism because what Gnosticism is, is, um, you know, it's an ancient heresy that, that God gave secret knowledge, that Christ passed on secret knowledge. And if you have that secret knowledge, then you are either saved because you have the secret knowledge or because you can apply the secret knowledge and you can be saved. And in every subgroup, it always comes out this way. Hey, what you thought was true, it really isn't. What is true is what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what actually is true. And you've been lied to by those other people and they did it for nefarious reasons. Okay. We see that in, in our culture today. It doesn't even have to be religious. This doesn't even have to be a religious, religious thing. Um, we see it in history right now in history. It's, it's a huge thing. This is what a lot of the modern histories are. Any Howard Zinn thing, any 1619 Project thing. That's what it's all about. You're not being told the real history. You're not being told the real um, thing that's going on. Let me let me tell you the real thing. And then you can be part of our group and you can tell others. You look, you don't. I have secret knowledge. You don't know. And that's exactly what Seventh-day Adventists do with this. I have secret knowledge of what this actually is. And this overbearing power that just wants to wield control over you, they're the ones that changed it in order to control you for X, Y, and Z. And it's always for a nefarious reason. There's no, nobody ever in history has ever changed anything because they thought that it would be prosperous or good or that it was correct. Never in these, in these views, never is only the people telling you this secret knowledge, whatever it is, they're the ones that are completely benevolent. They're the ones that are, you know, have this air about them, that they are the, the greatest, that we are the sacrificing ones. We are the giving ones. You should be a part of us, you know? Um, and, and truly it's just done out of ignorance. Sometimes it's done out of power. Uh, but mostly I think that it starts out out of ignorance and then, you know, it, it gets, um, course later on into into a power structure so we're going to listen to um we're going to watch some of this video and we're going to listen to what he says and i'm gonna i'm just going to break this down here because uh, a lot of this stuff uh, you know i'll make comments as it's going on but a lot of this stuff is just extremely ignorant do you think we should obey law or like man's law like government law like um i, I think god's love personally Okay, so, I mean, immediately he's going to the theonomy. This is where he's going to start out with the theonomy, because once he gets them questioning, you know, where is your source for what you're doing? He's going to start moving this into um, different types of governmental systems where where the church and the government uh, are, you know, closely combined and can dictate uh, what's going on. Okay, cool. So, like, mm -hmm. if man came up with a law that said it's okay if you steal from your neighbor, would you be like, oh, yeah. okay? Would you do that or would you not? No. Okay. No, nah, there's no, nah, no, nah, I would not. So, if the government says, oh, you can go ahead and murder now, would you, would you do that or would you like just, you'd be like, no, I'm sorry, I'm following God's law. Okay, so this is where he's, you know, going with this. He's getting people to question. All right, what's more important, what God says or what government says? 
right? Like like pitting the two against each other, acting as though God does not install governments, acting as though that that's not a biblical precedent at all. That you know God has not decreed for governments to be in certain places. That that you know this is a um, a, a separation, like when people try to separate like theology and science and just say that they can't work together, it's, it's impossible. It becomes this false dichotomy. What do you believe? Do you believe the Bible or do you believe science? It's like, well, I believe both. I mean, what are you talking about? You know, well, no, you can't believe both. You have to either believe the Bible or, and these are these extremes. Okay. And this is very, um, you know, cult like with these extremes. So I'm going to hop forward a little bit in, in this so that we can, um, uh, see here what he, what he gets into. All right, I think this is the place. What's Sunday? What's so special about Sunday? Sabbath day, I think. Is that the actual Sabbath day? No, no, no. Saturday is Sabbath day, I think. Correct? You're right. So what if the government said, look, we're making Sunday officially the Sabbath day. That means you guys got to worship on Sunday instead of Saturday. Uh, who cares? I mean, why? Do, why? Do, I mean, we're going to see why that matters. But honestly, the government coming in and saying, "Well, you can only worship on Sunday." I mean, it's technically problematic. But the point that he's getting at is picking Sunday. Like, why doesn't he? This is interesting because he doesn't say, "What if the government came in and said you can only worship on Friday, or you can only worship on Wednesday, or you can only worship on Saturday?" <gasps> Imagine that. No, he doesn't. He goes for Sunday because he is he's being very um, tactical in the way that he is approaching this. First, he's getting you to question the false dichotomy between um, government and you know government law and God law. And then he's bringing you into what if the government said that you have to worship on Sunday? Oh, because we know that's wrong, right? And so, and, and, and so this is where he's going. Now people are questioning that. Oh yeah, well, I'm not going to follow him. Yeah, I'll follow God's law and, and, and why. So let's, let's continue on here. I'd probably ignore it. Cause, uh, didn't God say just Sunday or Saturday was the Sabbath day? He did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What if they said that if you don't, if you don't worship or declare a church that you go to that has Sunday worship, if you don't like register for a Sunday worshiping church or something like that. If you don't register for a Sunday worshiping church or something like that, notice that he's making a distinction. There are Sunday worshiping churches, but then there are other types of churches, churches that worship on other days. See, now he's making a us them distinction. He's he's separating it. He's showing his hand at this point. If you know he's a Seventh Day Adventist and you know about the that 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 movement and that that belief, look. Notice what he's doing. Notice how he's he's kind of dropping in these little um, you know well poisoning tablets as he's moving along, saying, "Yeah, this is no Sunday. If you don't register for a Sunday worshiping church, this is all. Oh, then you can't." Now, now, listen to this. Listen to where he goes with this. That you don't get to buy anything or sell mm -hmm. anything. Like that. Like you don't get to buy anything or sell anything. Where's he pulling that from? Who? Why would? Why would that even be a thing? Oh, I know. Because in Revelation 13, it talks about you cannot, you know, buy or sell unless you have the mark of the beast. Oh, okay. So then let's move this into this arbitrary date that we picked of Sunday, and not Saturday. 
you know, and let's start making this a Mark, Mark of the Beast type thing. If you don't register for, according to the government, a Sunday worshiping church, you cannot buy or sell. This starts getting like so unbelievable at this point. And people are just like, I mean, he's he's stringing them along like he's being very crafty and stringing them along. But it's very disingenuous. OK, this is extremely disingenuous. But um, listen, listen to where he goes. Have a registry. And they say, okay, so-and-so registered, that means you could buy and sell. I actually have no clue. I'd have to think about that. Well, let me give you a hint. That would be a bad choice because Saturday is the Sabbath of the Lord, like you said, right? And if the government tries to force yeah, you yeah. to keep Sunday the Sabbath, then that's the mark. If the government tried to force you to keep Sunday as the Sabbath, that is the mark of the beast. There you have it. When Christ came to fulfill the law, he did not do away with the law, as he said. He fulfilled it. And fulfilling the law, he went above and beyond. When he said, you know, um, thou shalt not murder, he went so far as that even if you think about it, you're guilty of it. You don't even have to do the action. Like, it's, it's that encompassing. Which means to worship on, on the Sabbath, remember the Sabbath, how do you expand on that? Because this is an expansion thing that Christ is doing. It's his fulfillment. Guess what? Jesus Christ is our Sabbath day rest. Which means every day is holy to God. Every day is the Sabbath in Christ. We are to worship every single day. This is not a pick and choose worship like he's trying to make it out to be. Because if you ask him, so you only worship God on Saturday. You don't worship God six days a week, only one day a week. You do nothing that, that is worshipful. You do not honor God in any way. You do not give him worship in any way. He would say no, because he, again, he's, he's been a Christian for all of three years, as, as far as I know at this point. And on um, you know 2021 here, and he is just going off of you know, what he what he sees, what what he what he's been told, and and he's being spoon fed the Seventh Day Adventist type you know garbage. And Adventists are not known for their scholarship. Okay, they are. I mean, they're they're very close to to Pentecostals, to Charismatic Pentecostals, who much more for their um, uh, what is it? Their um, why is the word escaping me? Their emotionalism, okay, how they how they feel and stuff. They're not known for their scholar their scholarly works, okay. That's not what they get known for, um, and it's not it's not like a slight at them. I'm just saying, I mean, because there are some you know Pentecostals that are very brilliant scholars, very good scholars, charismatic that are you know very academic. Uh, Wayne Grudem would be one of them. Um, and Seventh Day Adventists may have the same type of thing, but they have to toe the line, okay. Pentecostalism is a denomination where it's it's a identifying factor of a denomination where Seventh-day Adventism is very particular and you have to hold to certain things or you're not considered an Adventist. Theology Pit is a partner-funded ministry. Please consider partnering with us by making a donation at thetheologypit.com. 
Just scroll to the bottom of the page, hit the donate button, and make a contribution to the best Theology Pit podcast on the internet. Now, let's get back to the show. Now, because of this, they don't know history. They don't know where they come from. They don't know where anything comes from. Um, They are very, very ignorant of history and um, of the majority of it. Seventh-day Adventism started in the 19th century. Now, in the 19th century in America, because, um, you know, the second uh, War of Independence had just died down, okay, you you had the... um, uh, the uh, War of 1812, which was like the, the backlash. Okay. You're about like, you know, a generation away from, you know, the, the ratification of the U S constitution. I think it was in 1789. And, um, and so people are starting to look at, okay, I have this freedom now. And one of the freedoms that I have is that the government does not establish a religion. I can establish a religion. And so at this point, right you start getting all these like wild-eyed, um, you know, doomsday people coming out who have secret knowledge. They all have secret knowledge. They've all been given secret knowledge about something in order to, uh, to be saved or to know to be saved. And one of the first ones to pop up is, of course, Joseph Smith and the Mormons. And so, you know, the, the Mormonism really starts moving. So Joseph Smith, this was like during the 1820s. He died in like, you know, the um, 18, 1840, 1844, he died. Um, and so he, you know, is really like like kicking off this whole like, you know, crazy like questioning of I found these secret golden tablets and with neo hieroglyphics and use my magic spectacles in order to or my suit my my seer rock to translate them blah 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 all this other stuff all right and so then after that you had the Adventists that came along and the Adventists were very big on end times prophecy okay they're they're eschatomaniacs eschatology is a study of the end times they're eschatomaniacs okay they you know they the second advent is coming okay the you know Christ is going to return here's a th- so they are very preoccupied in a futurist type of dispensational um, eschatology that things in the future are going to occur all these, all these certain things are going to happen. And these Adventists, um, uh, because of their, you know, their, their, their questioning outside of a Christian context, they're just relying on their own, uh, secret knowledge or the knowledge that God gave them, or they're holding on to the, um, you know, the doctrine, uh, the doctrine of preservation, which says that, you know, God preserved, scripture perfectly and because i am a christian i can read it without any problems and i don't need to know any historical background i it's just me and the bible that's all i need to do read me in the bible me in the bible me in the bible okay seventh day adventists came out of that because they said well gee um you know the sabbath day is saturday why are we worshiping on Sunday? Nobody knows this. Nobody has any clue about this. And so, you know, through them, they, they formed in, um, let's see, the right date, like the 18, 1860s, like was their formal, formal thing. Out of them came the Jehovah Witnesses, of course, in the late 1870s. They all, and, and Joseph Smith was influenced by an Adventist. Okay. He was, uh, he didn't understand theology. He didn't understand the Bible. He didn't understand what the church was teaching at all. Um, an Adventist came along and he heard him preach and he said, oh, wow, secret knowledge. Yeah. Look at this. I don't need anything but the Bible. Okay. And I don't, and, and I could just interpret it however I want. 
Jehovah Witnesses get um, get get birthed like through this. So Seventh Day Adventism leads to not only is it bad theology there, but it, it leads to producing you know people like uh, Jehovah Witnesses, uh, Charles Taze Russell, founding the Jehovah Witnesses here, and so. Um, they since they don't know anything about history and they assume people that don't know about about church history they assume that everything the way that it is now is how it has always been okay so for example they've been told or they've heard that the roman catholic church was started in the you know in, in like 30 or 33 AD depending on when you date the the crucifixion and resurrection um and so, therefore, they just accept that. And there's always been the Roman Catholic Church. It's always been there. And then out of the Roman Catholic Church shot, shot the uh, the East, the Greek Orthodox Church, right? And then out of, out of the Roman Catholic Church sprung the Reformation. Okay. And that's not how it was at all. The Roman Catholic Church, that designation, and I've met educated Roman Catholics that hate it when I call them the Roman Catholic Church or the Roman Church, because I am saying historically what they are, that they were not an identifiable body as the Roman Church until... Um, you could say yeah, the the Reformation occurred, which which made this distinction the the you know the the Lutheran Church or the German Church and the Church of Rome. But after um, the Council of Trent is what really solidified them. And so the Church that we know today as the Roman Catholic Church began, okay, in the late 16th century. Okay, that is that's where that is mid to late 16th century okay that's the start of the roman church now he's going to go on mr witnesser here is going to go on to say some really boneheaded things um about history because like every good seventh day adventist out there he does not know his history and he doesn't care to know his he knows um hyperbole he knows sound bites and that's simply what what he's going to talk about because that's what he knows Okay, I'm gonna make that clear because that that becomes the issue. All right, and he's gonna talk about the power that the Roman Catholic Church had, and and I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute once we um, go go back to this. So let's take a listen. Sabbath day is Saturday. <laughs> Saturday, okay. Yeah, but guess what? The Catholic Church what? will be like, well, we changed it to Sunday. The Catholic Church was like, well, we changed it to Sunday really that's what that that's the claim that the catholic church makes i would like to see that i would like to see where in roman catholic um writings okay in 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 the the canons of the roman catholic church where they made the decision sunday that's going to be the day that we say is the sabbath i, I would really like to see that they change it to sunday uh, because Satan yeah. runs the church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Satan runs the church. It's the Catholic Church. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's run by Satan. That's it? Like, that's that's the answer. That, well, why did they, why did they change it? Well, Satan. Well, Satan. Satan. Satan runs it. That's why. Satan runs it. Oh, <laughs> The guys Satan are all right. Satan wants to everything God does, so he doesn't have his Sabbath, so he made one. Uh, he did it through a power, and that power is the Roman Catholic Church. 
He did it through power that is the Roman Catholic Church. When? When did that occur? When did that happen? I would really, really like to know when, um, when that happened. This is, this is going into a lot of Bible study that I didn't mean to go into, but I'm just saying that it's... it's <laughs> this has gone into no Bible study at all. It's not, it's not Sunday. The church changed it to Sunday, and they, their excuse was, well, we changed it to Sunday, and the proof that we have the, the, the authority to Okay, so he was going to say that we have the authority to change it. To prove that we, in some way, are greater than God, in some way that we are better than God, and um, therefore, uh, this is, you know, we, we, we can do this, this kind of thing. Now, this is, I, I don't know how much more of this that I, that I want to play, because this is extremely ignorant. And I don't, I don't know, maybe it's that he just hasn't read the Bible completely I, I I don't know or, or maybe he doesn't like pay attention at all but I I, I just want you to take a look at, at at this because first off the if even if you grant the Roman Catholic Church has been in existence okay since um, you know, Peter walked the earth okay and he was the first Pope even if you make that argument you still have like 250 years at least of the church having zero power okay christianity in within the 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 you know greco-roman world was not allowed to be a legal religion until the edict of milan was signed in 313 AD okay by constantine that's when christianity was allowed to exist allowed to be legal Okay, and so the church didn't really grab a foothold within the um, w within the the government, so to speak, of of a you know a, a government um, establishing it as the, the the church of the land until the um, the early fifth century, and the first time the church had real political power like real political power, I would argue would be the papal Frankish alliance in the eighth or ninth century. Okay. Whenever they, it, whenever the Pope installed uh, the first emperor or, or led to the installation of the first um, emperor him, himself um, doing the, not the, not the Pope himself, but in, installing somebody like he had that power authority. Okay. So that's when the church would have had the power to make these declarations. Now, there was never an argument within church history about what day should we worship on. That that's not what day Easter is, you know, whether it's April 14th or if we should follow um, more of like the the Passover um, time and when the full moon comes and that sort of thing, which eventually, you know, what it went to and Gregorian calendar and all that stuff. Yeah, that's I mean big issues, okay? Big issues on, on when we do that. The day of worship? No. It, it, it's not there. And you want to know why? Because from the foundation of the church, it, it was always the habit, almost always the habit, I, I should say, of worshiping Christ as God, partaking of communion, you know, celebrating worship uh, on Sunday for what I can think of as two reasons. Okay, first off, the, the first reason would have been the early believers, of course, were Jewish. Okay.
they believed that Christ was the Messiah, the Messiah that had come. This didn't mean that they were abandoning their Jewishness. Christ went to, um, you know, went to services. He went to synagogue. They would go to synagogue. They still celebrated the the, the feasts, you know, that, that God and so they were Jewish. All right, you're not going to have a a rival service for no reason against what God has established on the Sabbath day. Why would you do that? Okay, that's that's number one. Number two, our Lord was raised on Sunday, on the first day of the week, okay? It is to commemorate the first day, okay? This is when, um, you know, everything is is, is renewed. It's like the, the start of the recreation week, okay? So, Jesus Christ, by rising on that day, everybody see, that's why Christians worship. So, the... Um, the Gentiles are going to see when, you know, their Jewish counterpart, they're going to do it, but they can also worship any day of the week that they want. Like, it really doesn't matter. But it just always seems that um, it was very specific within um, Gentile culture to pick up what the Jews were doing since they didn't go to synagogue because they weren't Jewish. They worshiped on Sunday. Okay. And how do I know this? How do I know that this was the beginning of it? Well, all we have to do is something that Dr. Witnesser generally doesn't like to do, and that is actually look at the Bible and read it. I know the last time I just ripped apart what he did with Scripture because it was so bad, but this time it's like he doesn't even he doesn't even look at that. And I, and I would be curious to know what they think about like you know this, for example. So if you go to the Book of Acts, okay, and you go to um, chapter twenty verses um, six and seven, but mostly verse seven here, um, tells us that uh, right here, that on the first day, let me, let me highlight it. On the first day of the week, we met to break bread. Uh, Paul began to speak to the people and because he intended to leave the next day, he extended his message until midnight. Right? So on the first day of the week, what's the first day of the week? It's Sunday. It's not the Sabbath, it's Sunday. We met to break bread. Now, did Paul make it a habit? Because as a lot of people are going to look at this and say, well, that's, they just sat down for a meal. No, no. He was there, if you look at verse 6, okay, he was there for seven days. They stayed for seven days, okay? Seven days, and then on the first day of the week, they met to break bread before he left the next day, Okay. Are you going to say that Paul didn't eat with them for seven days? He refused table fellowship with these Gentiles. No, not at all. This is this time period here in Acts is between depending on, like I said, depending on when you date the um, the resurrection, the resurrection um, is either going to be like 54 or 60 A.D. because it's a three. It's a, like a three year window, uh, either way. Okay. But we could say, I think we could safely say like 57 AD and just, and just be like, yeah, okay with that. He had already written to the Galatians. I, I argue that Galatians is the first letter that he wrote. Um, some people say first Thessalonians was the first letter that Paul wrote regardless. doesn't matter. Um, it, it, either, either one Galatia, uh, the letter to the Galatians was very early if it was the second letter or the third, doesn't matter. It was well before this. Okay. We're talking, um, at least like, you know, 10, 12, maybe 15 years before 
um, this this scene right here occurs, this this scenario. And so um, he would not abstain from breaking bread with them, from eating with them. So the breaking of bread is meant to mean having communion. It is not meant to mean having a supper or having lunch with them. Okay. This is not a, you know, uh, uh, what is it? A colloquialism for eating with people. No, he was there the whole time with them. And then for their service, for their worship service on Sunday, on the first day of the week, they broke bread. Okay. And Paul began to speak to the people because the way they did communion back then was much more like a, you know, a family gathering with a meal, Okay. And because that's what, you know, the Passover was. So they're not Jews and they're not doing it on Saturday. They're doing it on Sunday. This is Sunday worship. And this isn't something where Paul's trying to say, no, you shouldn't do that. Or, you know, we know it has to be on Saturday only or whatever. Like we need to remove, um, if, I mean, Paul's not arguing, Peter's not, nobody's arguing that, you know, we need to remove the tradition of worship on Sunday or on Saturday, keeping the Sabbath day holy as Jews that God said in order to replace it with this, because Christ did not come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. It's even greater. It's even more widespread. We do this on the first day because it's honoring to God. Technically, every day is the Sabbath. We can do it every single day. So this guy, this doctor witnesser guy um, is, is in a position here because of his workspace salvation belief um, where he can never be wrong. Okay. Because if he's wrong about something, if he's wrong, he loses his salvation. Okay. If he, uh, for example, he cannot lie. Okay. Ever, ever at all. Okay. So if he is shown to have lied, he will go and and he will have a conniption fit over it. And like he did a video where somebody said that he lied about something. All right. Telling a Muslim kid that he was going to hell. And he said, well, I didn't tell the Muslim kid that he was going to hell. I said that if he didn't believe in Christ, he was going to hell. But I didn't say that I knew definitely that he was going to hell. Fine line. I get it. You know, he's saying, I'm not proclaiming this kid to go to hell. I'm just telling him without Christ as a Muslim, you're going to hell. All right. And it's still harsh. It's still fine. You shouldn't say that to, to you know, kids of other faiths. There's a different way. That's what got him booted off Twitch. That's what got him in a lot of trouble. And um, so somebody said that, you know, he lied by saying that. And he like, you know, went back and like showed all these videos. He did this whole like enormous video just on this, not on what the guy was saying about him, but making the point, I got to clear my name. I did not lie. I am not a liar. I don't lie. I don't. And it's just like, dude, if somebody did that to me, I'd be like, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Now he took that out of context. I didn't say that, but this guy was adamant that everybody believes that he does not lie because no, no. If he lies, if he said a lie, well, he has no hope of salvation because his faith is in his works and what he does, his faith is not in what Christ has done. And that's, that's the difference, even though he is saved and redeemed through Christ, regardless of his bad theology, regardless of, of what he thinks, you know, he can, he can believe is based on his works all day long. He's just going to, you know, be sad when, you know, in, in the eschaton, whenever, you know, all of his good works are burned up and he's like, oh, it wasn't by my good works, it's just by Christ. 
oh, wow. And then I, well, I went around and told everybody that, you know, it was by their good works that they're going to be, you know, saved or, or whatever. Um, yeah, but that doesn't, that doesn't negate his salvation. That just means he's a bad Christian. And he, and he really is because he's, he's immature and he's in a bad denomination that teaches, um, you know, bad, uh, bad theology. Um, but biblically, like he doesn't go to the Bible to try and figure out when, when the you know Christians worship and who changed it. This is not the Roman Catholic Church. Okay, this is just the church. This is just how the church did things. Okay, I mean you know Paul probably didn't make this up at all. You know I mean he probably inherited it because he wasn't a Christian right off the bat. This is just something that came about in when they worshipped. Um, when they worship the, the risen Christ. And it's just, it's so, it's so sad to see like all like that kind of stuff go on. I'm not even going to show any more of the video, um, you know, cause he gets into Chris, should Christians play Fortnite? And his answer is no. And people, and he's like, but I'm not a hypocrite because I only play Fortnite in order to tell people about the gospel. And I'd be like me saying, yeah, you know what? You shouldn't, you shouldn't drink or you shouldn't get drunk. I only go to bars and get drunk to tell other people about the gospel. So it's cool for me, but not for thee. So, um, yeah, a doctor witnesser is another good example of, you know, people with little to no education getting a huge following, like a huge following, in my opinion, a huge following online. Um, his, his YouTube page uh, he has 14.3 thousand subscribers. So he has over 14,000 people that, that tune into this. And so far, a thousand people have seen this video, have, have watched this video. And um, on Twitch, I know he had a ton on Twitch also. Uh, so he's very influential with, with this. And, um, you know... Uh, Somebody and and some of the comments here are, you know, it's scary how many people agree with you. Um, Let me see here. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just trying to see what some of them had. Um, Yeah, most mostly it's uh, the um, the the comments on the uh, the the Fortnite thing, and not so not so much on the content of theology. Imagine that. yeah, but uh, but again, it's a big eschatology thing. It's a big the- theonomy thing, and um, you know, keep a watch out for stuff like that. When people come up to you and say, "Hey, I have secret knowledge um, that you know you shouldn't be doing this in anything," um, you know, and and so therefore, here's what you should believe, and not those other people that have always thought and believed that stuff because they're wrong. You need to follow us, and and that's actually Satan. I mean, seriously, he's sitting here saying that what is recorded in the Bible, in the book of Acts, on the way that Christians worshipped, on the way that Paul worshipped, on the day that Paul worshipped, that that's the mark of the beast. That Paul is an agent of Satan. I mean, that's what it comes down to. That's exactly what he's saying. The Bible's wrong. St. Paul's an agent of Satan. The Holy Spirit um, lead the church. And another thing that I should mention about why they think they have the liberty to do this is because the Adventists uh, are from what's called the Restorationist Movement. And the Restorationist Movement believed that the gospel was lost very early on, and it wasn't until the 19th century 
um, yeah, late 19th century, early 20th century, that the gospel was rediscovered and we actually have the truth. Okay. And when you come from a movement like that, you just wipe away all of church history because God can't control history. God can't lead his church. All right. God's not capable of doing that. And that is a very bad place to be in. Um, he will never realize this. He will never acknowledge this because of the implications of his own soteriology. So, hey, everyone, thanks for listening to The Theology Pit. Thanks for, um, you know, being here. I still have not made an outro. I need to do that. And for the podcast, um, of course, this is going to go a little bit longer than, than it normally does. But uh, thank you so much for being here and listening. And now it is definitely time to close down the pit. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Theology Pit. Please take a moment to rate our podcast and leave a comment about what you like or what you don't like. Each rating and comment helps others discover this show. Don't forget to visit us at thetheologypit.com to make a donation. While on the website, we would appreciate it if you would share these podcasts with your friends and family on social media. Our Facebook page is also titled The Theology Pit. Stop over and give us a like. If you have any questions or topics you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, please write to samson at thetheologypit.com. That's samson, spelled S-A-M-S-O-N, at thetheologypit.com. Now, here's a preview of next week's show. So I'm trying to do these uh, week by week. I'm not really sure exactly what I'm going to be doing every week, but uh, thank you so much for listening. Check out the Patreon page. I get a little more uh, political over there and, um, you know, just kind of enjoying what I'm doing here right now. Um, you can also see me on twitch.tv. Um, that would be twitch.tv forward slash uh, the Twitch Theologian. And I'm on there Sunday nights at 9 p.m. and Friday mornings at 9 a.m. You can check out that ministry too while I play games and I talk theology. So yeah, keep up with the Theology Pit in all kinds of different ways. Thanks. This and more on the next Theology Pit. Theology Pit.